Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Want extra cash for vacation or to buy something you've always wanted? Transfer your auto loan to Pathways Financial Credit Union and we'll give you 1% cash back up to $1,000. And you can enjoy no payments for three months. Visit a convenient Central Ohio location and let us take care of your auto loan and provide extra cash. Check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval. Loan interest will continue to accrue during the first three months of no payments. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. Welcome, everyone, to episode 226 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and I am dead inside, thanks to Kawhi Leonard, but the show must go on. So we are going to talk today. We're going to do a conference finals preview, and we are also going to talk about the Lakers coaching search now that it has finally reached its merciful conclusion. Before we get to all of that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles. So give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe download, leave some five-star reviews, and we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Joining me today is not my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. He's got a busy week at work, so we're, we're bringing in some pinch hitters, and since we're talking Lakers, I figured there was no one better to bring in than the host of Lockdown Lakers, Anthony Irwin. How's it going, man? I don't know if there's no one better. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I... <laughs> But, but I, I appreciate the sentiment altogether. Uh, I, it's, it's, things are going, Brian. Things are going. <laughs> I, I just feel like I troll you so much on Twitter. Like I troll you more than other Lakers fans. And I'm not really sure why I do that. But this is my way of repaying you by bringing you on and saying I'm sorry. And we can <laughs> we can talk all things Lakers in a little bit. But uh, since the conference finals are now set, I figure we'll start there. And let's start with the Warriors-Blazers series, which tips off Tuesday night. Uh, one of the big storylines, of course, is Kevin Durant is still out. Uh, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN reported he will be out for at least Game 1 and likely Game 2 as well. There was also a report that DeMarcus Cousins might be back for this series, but Steve Kerr kind of pumped the brakes on that today. He said basically... KD and Cousins aren't even doing on-court work, so it sounds like at least for the two game, the first two games in Oracle, uh, we have to expect no KD, no Cousins. So, Anthony, the first question is, are you giving the, the Blazers any chance in this series, even if KD and Cousins are out? No, probably not. And I think that... So I don't want this to come off as me saying like the I'm, I'm not going to go so full NBA hipster to, to say that the Warriors are are better without Kevin Durant. But I OK, <laughs> I, I, I do think, though, that so if you have if Steph Curry is leading the offense that forces Dame Lillard or CJ McCollum, whoever is guarding him in those situations to focus a lot more on defense. And I think mm. that actually makes the matchup a little bit more complicated for for Portland. And then whenever Kevin Durant comes in, Curry becomes, you know, he, he plays a smaller role in the offense and therefore Dame and, and or 
CJ McCollum, whoever is guarding them, can relax just a little bit more in that respect. It's it's not going to be so much of, of Steph on the ball, I don't think. So uh, it's an interesting series. I, I'm trying to find reasons to believe that it might go longer than like five games, but it's it's really hard for me not to think that the Warriors just handle business here. Yeah, I'm trying to talk myself into that too. Like I, I'm almost to the point where I could see Warriors in six, assuming KD and Cousins are out through like four games. Um, I think if the Blazers don't win one of these first two at Oracle, it's going to be over in five most likely. Yeah. Um, but I do think there is, I mean, we saw them in game six against the Rockets without KD, without Cousins. They still take care of business. They, you know, slam the door on the Rockets with Steph having a 33-point half because, of course, he did. <laughs> but, you know, I do think there's something to the fear that they really just don't have that many guys they can trust. And KD has been, you know, their their steadiest presence throughout the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's the guy, and even Draymond said this after the game, he's like, when when KD's there, we can get lazy because we just pass KD the ball. We know he's going to score. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, to your point about, you know, the <laughs> NBA hipster take that, you know, they're better without Kevin Durant. I don't think that's true. I think their offense operates differently. And when yeah. Steph gets cooking like he did in the second half of game six, then they just they look like the unstoppable death machine they were from a couple of years ago. But I also don't think you can necessarily count on Andre Iguodala to have five three pointers yeah. in you know every game. You definitely can't count on that. <laughs> yeah. So, so I could I can at least talk myself into the Blazers stealing one of these first two, and then they go home. I I feel like if they do, KD probably rushes a little, back a little more quickly than he otherwise would. If they're up two zero, I don't think he comes back before game five. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean I. I I lean Warriors regardless here. And I think part of my concern is I, I just think matchup-wise, if you're the Warriors, I think you can just say, all right, Clay and Iggy are going on Dame and CJ. We're going to ignore Mo Harkless. We're going to ignore Al Farouk Aminu. Cantor is bigger than, you know, if we're going small ball, he's bigger than Draymond. He might beat us up on the offensive glass. But I, I don't know that you have enough reliable sources of offense if you're the the Blazers, if Dame and CJ are really struggling, mm-hmm. the good thing is Rodney Hood. It's he's day to day. He suffered what looked to be a potentially serious knee injury in Game Seven against the Nuggets, but we don't know what his his status is for Game One and beyond. So, how do you think the the Blazers can generate offense in this series if Dame and CJ are struggling? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's where I keep, yeah, so I keep it, coming to. Is it Collins time? Like, are we, <laughs> are we are we going with the the CW group of Collins, Myers, Leonard, and and I don't know whoever. It's look. I don't I don't mean to to minimize what the Blazers have done to get here. You know, they mm-hmm. they took care of business against OKC in ways that I don't think very many people would have predicted. Uh, I definitely bet. Or not bet, but I would have bet against them uh, in Denver in a Game 7. And winning a Game 7 on the road is is very impressive stuff, right? Getting here, honestly, at this point they're playing with house money. I just – Golden State, they have, they have two reasons to me uh, beyond the normal stuff because we know the normal stuff doesn't, uh, doesn't really get the – 
the the Warriors going. You know, the, the, the usual game in, game out, reasons to push yourself and stuff like that. That doesn't really get them going at this point of their dynasty. Uh, but they do have reasons, though, to really come out and, and send a message and take care of business here. And one is... Uh, I think a lot of the Warriors players are, are have have listened to the amount of stuff that has been talked about with KD and how he is their best overall player and and all of the stuff and and I you know Steph went so far as to say I don't know if it was Steph or or, or Kerr I think it was Steph who said that like when Durant went down there were smiles in the locker room mm-hmm. not 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 like maniac you know not. Ill, <laughs> ill-tempered smiles, like aha, you know, nothing like that. I, I, I just think they had this challenge, and they've heard all this noise now for ever since Durant showed up, and they, and they want that opportunity to send a message. And then the other thing too is, after they get through Portland, Toronto is really freaking good. Milwaukee mm-hmm. is really freaking good, and they're going to need to be as rested as they can possibly be for that series. So they have. There's there's more incentive here for them to come out and take care of business quickly than there would be perhaps otherwise, and I think all of that stuff comes together. And and you know as as much as I really respect what the what the Bla- the Blazers did this year, it's hard for me to feel I, or or find any reason to think that they're gonna do anything other than maybe take a game here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think it's it's as you said, it's no disrespect to the Blazers. It's really a testament to them to staying the course with this core. You know, getting swept in the first round last year was demoralizing. And they very easily mm-hmm. could have blown up this team, traded CJ, considering trading Dame. Instead, they didn't. They came back. Nurkic got hurt. That could have ended their season. Instead, Cantor. I mean, that guy's earned himself a lot of money on this playoff run. Mm-hmm. Rodney Hood's been great. Seth Curry's been great off the bench. Even Evan Turner comes out in Game 7 against the Nuggets and really helps swing that game like it's been a team-wide effort from the Blazers but the problem is the playoffs are just about matchups and I I just don't see you could at least find matchups in these first two series that Portland could exploit like Hood in the Nuggets series was phenomenal all series but the the Warriors are just so uniquely equipped to give this team trouble because you know, they, they do rely a lot on Dame and CJ to create offense. They can mm-hmm. get something from Cantor and Hood off the bench, and you, you'll get a couple points from Aminu and Harkless, but if one of Dame or CJ isn't cooking, you're in trouble. And Clay and Iggy are both just such great defenders. And then if KD comes back later in the series, Aminu will give them trouble, but then you've still got Steph and Clay to worry about. Yeah. Like, it just seems like there are too many... Like, you'll plug one hole if you're Portland, and another's going to spring up, and you're just not going to keep all the holes plugged at one time. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we knew going into the Rockets-Warrior series that that was probably the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, unfortunately, it, it took place around too early, uh, but that's because of the way both teams played over the course of the regular season. And, and again, like, if you're Portland, if you're, if you're a Blazers fan, like, just getting here is enough. Like, I, I'm... I, now... Would you prefer to win? Obviously, yes. But realistically speaking, just getting here, given everything that this team has gone through this year, especially in regards to Nurkic, you just take it, and you come into next year with with more more momentum than I think you ever could have hoped for, given how the season ended and given Nurkic's injury in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Zach Collins, you mentioned him before, but 
he was one of the breakout stars in that Nuggets series. Yeah. And he's the one guy where I have seen people, uh, some Portland people on Twitter wondering, like, well, maybe we start Zach Collins at the four instead of Aminu. And to me, it's like, well, maybe you should start Zach Collins at the five because I feel like Cantor is just going to get... This is the one series, you know, Cantor against OKC is fine because you don't have to worry about him against Steven Adams. Like, Steven Adams is in the stretch five. Yeah. When they when they involved him and Russ in pick and rolls, Cantor was like, all right, I'm just going to drop back and let Russ shoot mid-range jumpers all game. That's cool. This is the one where if you're in a Steph Dre pick and roll, we saw it with Clint Capella last series. And Clint Capella is a great defensive player, but he was useless in that series. And so this is the one where I feel like Cantor's could be the, you know, the the glass slipper might come back off in this series. And we we see uh, his weaknesses exposed defensively. So Collins maybe at the five could help stymie a little bit of that. And then you bring Cantor off the bench and just, beat the hell out of him on offense and rebounds in that second unit. But again, it's just like, I, I don't see an obvious move. Like we'll talk about Bucks Raptors in a second. And I think both of those teams pre- present matchup challenges for each other. But I think you can at least find some counters here. Portland, it's like, I feel like you're drawing dead from the start, basically. Yeah. I, the big question whenever Cantor is in is, will he be uh, committed to the game plan enough, disciplined enough to when they when when Draymond is on that short roll, uh, is he gonna be is he gonna be disciplined enough to back off and force Draymond to shoot that floater in the key, right? Yeah. Uh, if if he isn't, they're they're screwed, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. But, but but if if he is and and he can punish them on the other end of the court with with some offensive rebounding, I know one of the one of the stats that was really loud in that Houston series was whichever team uh, out rebounded the other. Had a, I think they either went undefeated or maybe only lost one game uh, mm-hmm. all through through those six games. So you know if if Cantor's able to kind of impose his will on the, on the boards to the point where you know you offset your liability on defense. Okay, maybe all right. I can I can maybe roll with it and and maybe if if CJ or if Dame get. Iggy or Clay into foul trouble one of those games. All right, maybe, especially early, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, before KD comes back. All right, maybe I could I could see something going on there. Um, and, and I think that'll be the, the key to winning, you know, one game. I just don't see that being a repetitive, uh, something you can go to the well to repeatedly and, and hope for all of those things to work out enough over the course of, of a seven-game series to, to really push Golden State. Yeah, I, I'm right with you. So, what's do you have an official game amount of games prediction? It's clear we're both going Warriors here, but Warriors in how many? I'm saying five. I'm saying five. I want I I want nothing more than to to be wrong here and get a more entertaining <laughs> series than than I I'm kind of envisioning. But but you know, it's just it this matchup is really tough. It's tough for any team, but especially a team that is so reliant on lead guards as Portland yeah. is. There's just so many ways that the that the Warriors can attack Dame and CJ here, and that makes me really nervous. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I'm like so torn between five and six, and it's just it's a hundred percent due to the I just don't know when KD is coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say six, even even though I really believe five, but I'm a coward <laughs> and I'm gonna give. I, I've I've slept on Portland for so long that I I owe them this 
for yeah. once to over credit them instead of under credit them. That's that's absolutely fair. And, and, and again, it just goes back to the point that we've made here now a couple times is, yes, it sounds like we are writing them off, but I am not by any means whatsoever writing off the accomplishment that was getting here. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the, that's that's the point to make more heavily than than whatever happens in this series. Yeah, for sure. Oh, this is a house money series by far. Yeah. This is like a phenomenal season for Portland. They're, when... they're, they're playing blackjack with the casino's money. They can they can <laughs> double down on queens if you want. You could split queens. It, you know what? You could you could do all the dumb stuff that pisses off the rest of the table. But but at this point, you know, you kind of gotta you got you you got to acknowledge like the 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 talent gap between these two teams and and not just the talent camp but but like i would imagine if you were to if you were to 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 try to to divvy up the amount of talent across portland's team it's it's what like 75 percent is in their backcourt right yeah yeah for sure and so you know if if 75 percent of your talent is in your backcourt and the opposing backcourt is steph curry and clay thompson that's (laughs) right that's 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 a daunting task. Yeah, I just hope we get some fireworks. I want like one fifty point Dame game versus yeah. like Steph cooking one game. At least you know I I think the Warriors will be locked in defensively, but I want them to fall asleep one game and <laughs> yeah. just let Dame and CJ go off. Yeah, I could definitely. I mean, it is it is the kind of matchup that I could see. Like if KD was still healthy, I think there's a good chance they fall asleep and they take Portland a little too lightly in one of the first two early games. I just think this group, minus KD, is so hungry to continue to prove a point uh, that that you know it's not necessarily that that, that they they want to tell everybody oh we don't need KD it's it's right. more of a look we've we've heard all of this criticism over the last three years or whatever and and we want to continue to show that no we were we were still a great team when we added him right. Right. And like, for all we know, he's gone in two months and we can prove that we will Mm -hmm. be right in this mix next year, even without him. Yeah. Yeah. This this playoffs has really or Katie's injury has really shown like how desperately the league needs him go to 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 go to New York. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. Like the league is so much more interesting with this version of the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. At least, I think, 10 teams next year could talk themselves into being legit title contenders if KD is not on the Warriors. Yeah. depending Obviously, depending on what happens in free agency, but, like, assuming the guys, the big-name guys go where they've rumored to be going, mm-hmm. it, yeah, this this could be an explosive offseason. Like, the most fun regular season we've had next year could be, the, like, the most fun regular season we've had since, yeah, you know, the mid-2010s. Yep. Yeah, since, since before KD went to Oakland. Yeah, yeah. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... 
Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So let's go to the other series now. And this one's just going to hurt to talk about, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to power oh, through it. We'll I can't Bucks believe you're not recording this with a beer, dude. I, dude. It's crazy to me. <laughs> that, that, was, that was last night. And that, the worst part was I had to, I watched that shot. And then like we had friends over watching the game because we were going to like watch Game of Thrones right afterward. And I'm like, well, this will be a nice palate cleanser. Oh, God. And, and then I was like, I don't know which one I'm more disappointed in. I think Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> that's a tough night of TV viewing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, my wife, we were going to sleep. And she's like, I can't believe I just wasted four hours of my life like that. Like, <laughs> I'm I, those four hours back. <laughs> I know. Like, you have a fair point. Uh, but yeah, so Bucks Raptors, I think it's reductive to boil it down to this, but I think this is where you have to start with the analysis because it's. It's Giannis versus Kawhi. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how do you stop Giannis and how do you stop Kawhi? So let's start with the Giannis side. If you're the Raptors, how do you stop Giannis? Or do you do what the Sixers did in the regular season and say, screw it, we're not going to stop Giannis. Let him get 50. We're just going to play good defense on all of these other three-point shooters. I think that's kind of, either way is tough. One thing that, that you know, heading into the playoffs, a lot of people kind of, I wouldn't say wrote off Milwaukee, but definitely undersold how good they were. And mm. I think that has a lot to do with, you know, teams that, that kind of manipulate the math of basketball. The first time they get into a playoffs situation, people want to see them prove this first, right? Actually show me that you're as good as you were in the regular season. And I think... You know, they, they go out and they sweep Detroit. Now, granted, Detroit didn't, you know, Blake Griffin either wasn't around or if he was around, he was kind of hobbled, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they take care of business against Detroit. They have that that sticker shop, uh, shock kind of game against Boston in game one where they're like, oh, wow, you're a lot better than Detroit was, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, oh, but, it's a real basketball team. Yeah, right. And but once they kind of once they kind of calm down and let the game went, you know, return to coming to them in the ways that it did in the regular season, we saw them dominate, right? Win mm-hmm. four straight games against Boston. And I think that is a nice little palate cleanser. That was not palate cleanser, but a a, a great way to prepare for this Toronto team that, you know, is better than Boston, objectively mm-hmm. speaking. Um, but presents different things that are going to test different aspects of of Milwaukee. But at the end of the day, the math has shown itself to be correct with Milwaukee, and and I think that's going to be really hard for Toronto to to overcome. So if you're if you're fighting against math, then you take away the thing that is the more efficient math equation. And in this case, the more efficient math equation is taking away three point shooters and forcing Giannis to beat you with a bunch of two point shots and, and, and hope you can take care of business that way. Uh, I just, you know, you pick your poison in that case. And even still, I think Giannis is good enough to, to, to make that work to his, to, uh, to the way that Milwaukee is hoping to. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's a challenge because they don't, I mean, there's not really anyone in the league that can match up with Giannis in terms of physicality. 
But, you know, at least Al Horford gave him a little bit of trouble, especially in that game one. And the Raptors, you know, they have Kawhi, who is an all-world defender, but he's he's giving up at least three inches on Giannis. And, yeah. you know, it, it's still a tough matchup just because of that, I think. And he can't get into foul trouble. They cannot right. afford that. Right. So I think he's probably going on Middleton to start the series. And then you, I guess you probably start Siakam on Giannis. And then, you know, Marcus Gasol is there in the middle to ideally serve as that second line of defense. The problem mm-hmm. is, as you're saying, Brooke Lopez is a great three-point shooter, so you can't play drop coverage on him because yeah. he's just going to pick you apart. You know, it's just going to be honest driving kicks right to Brooke Lopez. So mm-hmm. I think that's definitely the challenge for the Raptors. But on the other end, it's how do you stop Kawhi? Because, yeah. you know, <laughs> Chris Middleton is a great defender as well, but he's giving up size to Kawhi. Like if Jimmy Butler struggled to stop Kawhi Leonard, Chris Middleton is likely also going to struggle to stop Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. If you put Giannis on him, it's the same deal as you said. You can't risk putting Giannis in foul trouble too. So yeah. it's like both of these teams have these unique dominant superstars where there's no easy, oh, we'll just put this guy on him and this will you know, this will fix everything. It's like both of these teams present very unique matchup challenges to each other. I kind of wish this series was being played in the 90s though. Right. <laughs> so there are no threes. Well, not not just not from the standpoint of like not having threes, but my, my, more from the standpoint of like I wish these guys, I wish Giannis and Kawhi would would just guard each other for seven oh, games. Oh yeah, you know, like teams yeah. nowadays are, are smart enough to say like, no, that's probably not the smartest thing to do here. But wouldn't that be so much fun? Just yeah. haymaker after haymaker, just like the same kind of thing applies in in the. Uh, in the Golden State and and Portland series, right? Wouldn't it be oh, so much sure. fun if they were if both teams were so dumb as to just have Steph and Dame go at each other? It would be <laughs> incredible. It would be so great. <laughs> but but you know, alas, here we are, and teams have have figured out that no, you kind of want to save legs and and not risk foul trouble with these superstars who would go up against each other. But we are still going to have moments late in the game where they go mano a mano kind of thing, and those. Mm-hmm. Like this, this series I think is going to offer up those throwback moments in ways that we haven't really seen in a little while. Like we kind of saw it with Durant and LeBron. It's just that the 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 talent uh, around LeBron was so for so far behind where <laughs> Kevin Durant's was that it was hard right. to even get that that kind of class up classic matchup kind of situation. This is one where both teams are, are I think really good. The supporting cast on both these teams is is really good, and it's gonna open things up for both these guys to really go at each other in close games in those last like five minutes, and it's gonna be incredible. I I don't know if I've looked forward to a series as much as I'm looking forward to Toronto and Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were the two best teams in the East the entire season. Like they both of these teams deserve to be here, and we don't know what's gonna happen with Kawhi this summer. The Bucks also have a number of important free agents, including Middleton. So, like, mm-hmm. for all we know, I mean, yeah, they could both teams could retain everyone, and maybe this is the Eastern Conference Finals for the next three years. But for all we know, some of these guys are going west, and we're never going to get to see this again unless it's in the finals. So, I'm with you. I mean, if it wasn't going to be the Sixers in here, this is the series I always wanted to see. Also, because I hate Boston, and it makes me very happy that they imploded <laughs> they in the second round. They, they got boat raced. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with that, you on that hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I'm shocked. <laughs> the other thing, too, that I think 
is is going to warrant a ton of attention here is which point guard outplays the other one. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry and Eric Bledsoe, they really, I think, they're kind of the barometer of what the team is capable of uh, yeah. as much as any other player on their respective teams. Uh, if, if Kyle Lowry and, and Eric Bledsoe, if one of those guys just really wins the matchup one way or the other, uh, I think that could really swing the series in, in, in whichever team benefits from that, the direction that goes. It, it's really going to be interesting to watch because it's, it's, you know, Lowry, we all, we all know about his playoff struggles, right? Mm-hmm. We, we know how that has gone for the majority of the time. The nice thing that I think Nick Nurse has figured out a way to do, and it's actually one of the things that Luke Walton was doing with Lonzo Ball, was they, they, he just has Lowry focusing on the small things, set a bunch of screens for people, get out there and dive for loose balls, take charges, stuff like that, that, that are completely within his control, right? Because if he focuses on things that aren't necessarily in his control, that hasn't gone very well for him in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. and I think if if he sticks to doing that and is able to do enough of that to to offset or be a, a larger impact than Eric Eric Bledsoe, that really helps uh, Toronto's chances. Yeah, I mean the supporting cast thing in general. It, the thing I was most surprised by in Sixers Raptors is coming into that series, you figure the Raptors bench just has such an edge on the Sixers, and that wasn't the case in practice in part because Brett Brown really narrowed down his rotation after a while and was really only running seven guys out there, but the Raptors didn't really get much of anything out of anyone other than Serge Ibaka. Like Fred Van Vliet was terrible in that series. Yeah. Norm Powell was invisible. Pat McCaw was invisible. Not having OG cause he's, you know, he went out with the appendectomy and I don't know what his status is for if he's going to come back at all in the Eastern conference finals. I hope so. Cause he's an important part of that team, but yeah, it's it's which of these guys comes through. Can Kyle Lowry come through with a 15-point game? Is Marcus Gasol still going to be? He's really hesitant to shoot. And if mm-hmm. especially if the Bucks play the drop coverage they did throughout most of the season, you can't do that against Marcus Gasol. Marcus Gasol can hit open threes. Is he going to be willing to take those when they swing the ball or is he going to hunt for a higher percentage shot? You know, Serge Ibaka, I think I saw he was a plus 22 in game seven like (laughs) which uh there are no words to describe how unexpected that was but (laughs) you know that's a a big thing if you get a big game out of Serge Ibaka or out of Nico Miritich Malcolm Brogdon came back at the end of the Celtics series I would assume they're going to keep him coming off the bench to start but maybe he sees some minutes defensively on Kawhi as well or maybe can he hit a couple big threes like I, I said at the start of this segment, it is too reductive to just boil it down to Giannis and Kawhi because the supporting cast are going to play just as much of a role in deciding who wins this. And having seen how much Toronto's supporting cast struggled with assertiveness, I think it's fair to say, mm-hmm. I lean Milwaukee for that reason more so than I think Giannis is going to destroy Kawhi. It's, I, I have a little bit more faith in Milwaukee's supporting cast but that said, like Kawhi, if Kawhi is guarding Middleton, he's gone. Yeah, <laughs> those clamps are put down. I, the way I would kind of put it is, as you go deeper into the playoffs, uh, the deeper benches tend to start mattering less, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the margins start to matter more, right? Yeah. So, so I think on, in in aggregate, the margins because these teams are so closely matched, generally speaking, like Portland and, and Golden State doesn't really 
qualify for this just because Golden State is so much better than than Portland just in general. But in a series like this where the teams are so evenly matched, those 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 aspects of the game that that usually go overlooked, those small marginal victories here and there become all the more highlighted because of how even Kawhi and Giannis are likely to play each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 yeah, it's it's interesting in this one, uh, whether or not Gasol shows a little bit more uh, openness to, to, you know, really forcing his will on a series like he's he's paid like a player who should be forcing his will on the series. Right. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they gave up way too much for him to just be some tentative role player kind of player. He needs to step up and 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 show why they made that move in the first place. And if he doesn't, you know, that's going to be a, a, a what if that's going to, you know, kind of sit on sit in in Toronto Raptor fans heads for, for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, he gives great hugs at the end of the series. As <laughs> to we the wrong team, though. <laughs> right? That's, that's true. Well, maybe if the Raptors lose, it'll give a great hug to Kawhi, and Kawhi will resign because he's got a great hugger. I don't know. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it's a totally fair point. It's like they, they definitely need one of Lowry, Green, Gasol, Ibaka. I mean, probably even more than that. But they yeah. need those guys to really... It can't just be the Kawhi show. It was the Kawhi show for too much against Philly, and they got yeah. away with it. You know, in in part because Embiid, if he's not sick for three games in that series, like if Embiid's healthy in Game Four or like not on death's storm with meningitis or whatever the hell he had, mm-hmm. the Sixers probably win that game, and then they probably close it out in six. Like it, it, that series was a one possession Game Seven. Like it was razor thin. Yeah. And as you said, the Bucks are better than the Sixers. They've had. They have a you know arguably the best player in the East in Giannis. They've had an entire season to develop chemistry. They made a move at the trade deadline, much like Philly and Toronto. But adding Nico was like the most minor of the three. You didn't yeah. have to tear up your whole offense or your whole defense to bring in Nico Miritich, whereas Philly and Toronto just didn't have that much time with with their new additions. So the one thing I have seen circulating on Twitter at least a little bit today is the thought that. You know, Toronto got battle-tested against a Philly team that put up a really good fight, whereas, you know, Boston beats Milwaukee in Game 1 and then just kind of folded for the next four games. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get that luxury from Toronto. Do you put any stock into that, thinking that, like, that gives Toronto an advantage because they've been, you know, they are more tested through adversity in these playoffs than Milwaukee is so far? Well, it's the test versus rest theory, right? Like it's on one hand, yes, you, you, there is something to be gained from, you know, we saw it in in hockey where Tampa Bay just got boat raced out of the out of the playoffs because they hadn't had to care about a game in like month in a month, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in in situations like that where it's so long that that you don't have to push yourself, it matters a little bit more. Um, I just think, generally speaking, it, I would want the more rested team, especially given how hard Giannis has to play to make that to make that car go. You know, he's mm-hmm. your engine, and if you can give your engine a little bit more rest here and there, uh, heading into a series, I, I think I would I would probably put a little bit more stock in having a fresher team than a team coming off of such a tough 
victory over over Philly. Um, but but it's close, you know, and 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 it's the kind of thing. It's how a lot of this series goes, right? Where where there are arguments to be made on both sides of this ball. It, it makes this series mm-hmm. really interesting, really fascinating. Because while you might want to say, yeah. Toronto has a great supporting cast. They've had a great supporting cast all year. Uh, they have a nice bench that they can look at. And then you can look at the other side and you can say, well, Milwaukee also doesn't have, a, you know, George Hill basically ended Boston's season, right? <laughs> so yep. so there, are, there are aspects on, on both sides here that, that you can point to. It's really hard to find out-and-out advantages in this, in this series. And it makes it for, uh, like I said, one of the more fascinating series that we've had in a little while. Yeah. I think the crappy thing is I think the ratings for the series are going to suck just because I yeah. don't think casual fans, it's not that like the marketability for Giannis and Kawhi to hardcore fans is totally there. And like, I'm going to watch every game of this series, but I Absolutely. don't think, I think it's like LeBron, Steph, Harden. I honestly think the, the NBA, if you're rooting for ratings, should have been rooting for the Sixers to make it through. Cause I think you can market Embiid versus Giannis more, but that's, that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to keep dwelling on this. Um, so this one, I genuinely don't know who you're going to predict. We could tell from the tenor of our conversation in the West it was going to be the Warriors. But what's your prediction in this series? I think home court here is a big one. Mm-hmm. I think that's the that's the big factor here with with how large a role role players are going to play in this series, having that home court advantage. Just like I said, the 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 depth of a bench is is minimalized as you go deeper into the playoffs but those margins become a lot more in, in, important and i think in this case uh Milwaukee having home court for the benefit of their role players giving them the edge in 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 that margin is going to be pretty big so i, I think that's how I'll, I'll go Milwaukee in 7 i like it yeah i am so torn here i want to say like my gut says bucks in 6 but then my head says Bucks in seven or Raptors in seven. Like I hope it goes seven, just because I think this series is going to be great. But I also want Kawhi to get the hell out of this conference, so I want the Bucks to win. Like <laughs> really, I want the Bucks to sweep and like all of the Raptors to just be terrible, except for Kawhi who like puts up fifty and is like, oh screw this team, I'm going to the Clippers. Uh, yeah, but I'm no, with that. this should well, be well, not the Clippers. I would prefer he he says screw this team and signs up for the the. Hell spear that <laughs> that is the Lakers. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the. Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. That That's a perfect transition then because we need to <laughs> we need to address the hell sphere that is the Lakers uh, because Mort and I, as I was telling you before we started, we've basically been ignoring your team 
throughout the playoffs because there's been actual basketball, but we did do a whole episode mm-hmm. on the Magic Johnson debacle. We briefly mentioned the Ty Lue thing, but then we, we just referenced it in passing. So let's start there because there were there reports basically that they were like in deep negotiations with Ty Lue to become their next head coach after Monty Williams took the Suns job. Ty Lue, they were trying to make it like he wasn't the second choice, or maybe he wasn't, I don't know. Um, but then there was a hang-up over the number of years they were offering him. They mm-hmm. offered him a three-year deal. He wanted five, and they were trying to impose Jason Kidd as an assistant coach on his bench. So then that whole thing, then he's just like, no, nah, screw this. I'm out. I don't need this. So yeah. what were your thoughts when the Ty Lue stuff fell through? Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, the the show literally, so Lock on Lakers runs daily, Monday through Friday, right? Uh Um, And then twice a week, Pete and I, Laker Film Room and I, he's on the show and and he and I go back and forth. The show literally before the Ty Lue stuff went down, uh, Pete and I were talking and and it looked like they were going to hire Ty Lue and and it made a lot of sense. It was was the right move and all these things. And, And I went so far as to say, this is me happy. So I oh, I, no. <laughs> I went so far as to welcome happiness, to welcome the return of hope. And oh. and lo and behold, you know, we 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 know what would happen next. It look, here's the thing. Rob Polenka was hired. He he was hired as as general manager in in large part the thinking was, well, he's a great negotiator, right? He's a, he's mm-hmm. a great negotiator. He's going to win us a lot of these marginal battles, and, and maybe we'll save a million here and there. Uh, unfortunately, to this point, it's go- it's been the opposite, right? He overpaid Rajon Rondo. He overpaid Lance Stevenson. He overpaid Michael Beasley, even. Uh, he overpaid to get rid of Michael Beasley. He over... he uh, The Reggie Bullock trade was, was about right. Um, and, and the JaVale, the JaVale signing was, was fine at a min- veteran's minimum deal, right? But, like, mm-hmm. in, in, in a lot of these situations, he's overpaid. And, and I think he really thought that he had Ty Lue over a barrel... But he like seemed to forgot for, forget. Oh yeah, that's right. Dan Gilbert still owes him like ten million dollars, and, right. and so like unemployment was a perfectly feasible situation for Ty Lue. Uh, and yeah. and so he he tries to over uh, he he tries to strong arm Lou into a three year deal, um, and also tries to force Jason Kidd on him. Lou, I think, was even open to Jason Kidd. Uh, the reports mm-hmm. after the after the fact said that, like, yeah, he was, he was he obviously would have preferred to be able to pick his entire staff, but I guess I he could deal with with Kidd. Um, and and but at the end of the day, you know, the the Cleveland Cavaliers, Ty Lue's last employer, just gave a five year deal to a coach who's coming out of college. Right. Right. Luke Walton, right. the the Lakers, the the guy who preceded Ty or would have preceded Ty Lue, just got a five year deal in Sacramento, like five mm-hmm. five years, at least four years. Like that's the thing that really annoyed me here was that like the Lakers were like, it's either five or or it's not going to be five, it's going to be three, and I'm thinking there's a there's a number right there in between the two, <laughs> right. like four right. is sitting right there, guys, and they were just right. they were just you know, Palinka just overplayed his his stance on on negotiating here, and it cre and led to a situation now where like if you're LeBron, you legitimately really respect Tyloo, right? 
and mm-hmm. and this guy helped you win a title. This guy helped you bring a title to your hometown. The, I, I would imagine LeBron really holds Lou in really high regard. We know he does, reportedly speaking. Uh, and the Lakers basically embarrassed him publicly with with the offers that they were making. And like that's the other thing, the the three year eighteen million dollar offer that they made was the second one. What was the first? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like, they, they my, my, whole question, my whole question is like, why are they just? Why are you being cheap here? You're the Lakers. Like you're you're one of the wealthiest brands, mm-hmm. at least in terms of brands. I don't know, you know, bust family financials i have no idea what's going on there but like you are one of the most wealthy prestigious brands in all of sports not just basketball all of sports like you look at the forbes annual valuations the lakers are always toward the top why are you being cheap with a coach that that doesn't even count against the salary cap right like if i'm a if i'm one of those teams if i'm the knicks or the lakers i'm spending so much money on the ancillary stuff that doesn't count against the cap because why not yeah Go get the best analytics department. Go get the best medical staff. Go get the best assistant coaching staff. Go get the best shooting coach that's out there. Go get the best player development guy that's out there. Go get, you know, I like if you were if you were honestly running the Lakers and you had all of that revenue to be able to work with, and and you could throw like hell twelve million dollars a year at at Greg Popovich. That's KCP's mm-hmm. contract. Right, right, right. Like it's, it's, it's like nothing. That's that's a drop in the bucket. And and what I think is really short sighted, so short sighted. By the way, that you have to question whether or not the buses are just broke. But mm-hmm. but the 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 thing that that is so short sighted here is these are investments in your team that would be paid back by the caliber of the basketball that you would throw out there as a result of said investment. Right. right. This is. If you if you invest fully in your team, you get all the best medical staff so that LeBron James is on the court more often than he was last year. You get an analytics department that surrounds him with uh, the, the type of, of talent and the type of players and the type of fit that, that makes it so that the, the situation is optimized for him. That makes that viewing experience all the better. Like all of these things pay back into, into the organization in, in the ways that any other investment would. But, yeah, they, they cheapskated out here. And, and it's fair, I think, because they haven't they, – they still have yet to say anything since Magic resigned. They're finally mm-hmm. going to speak for the first time uh, a week from today, uh, a week from – you know, this was recording on, on Monday. They're finally going to speak openly. Um, but until they do and, and, and if they don't answer all of these questions, fans are going to wonder, like, wait – What's the real ownership situation here? What's the real financial situation that the buses are in? Because if they can't afford to 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 put up the capital to make the Lakers as competitive and as dominant financially as they should be, then what are they doing there in the first place? Right. Right. And then, then you have the reports coming out that like Kurt and Linda Rambis are actually yep. the shadow owners of the Lakers. <laughs> Just truly amazing. <laughs> truly, truly an amazing month for the Lakers. But we, I don't want to dwell on this for too long because they did actually finally hire a coach. They uh-huh. announced it, as you said, we're recording this Monday. It was like officially announced it an hour ago. Frank Vogel, head coach, Jason Kidd, one of his assist- assistant coaches. Frank Vogel, of course, was the coach of the Pacers in the early 2010s. He took that team with Paul George, the Eastern Conference Finals two years. So LeBron is at least familiar with him 
through that. Um, he then went to Orlando and had a couple of forgettable seasons, but whatever, it's Orlando. I think you can just throw that out. Mm-hmm. So what what are your thoughts on Vogel as the head coach and then also you know the, the looming little finger, Jason Kidd? Kittlefinger. Kittlefinger. Um, <laughs> but I, I so Vogel is aggressively mediocre, I think, as a, as a head coach. <laughs> I, I he, he's he's the definition of fine, if you were to look it up in the in in the, the basketball dictionary. He's perfectly <laughs> yeah. okay, right? Uh here's the problem. The Lakers told their fan base that he wasn't good enough when they initially opened up the candidate search. Right. The fan base knows that they preferred Ty Lue or Monty Williams or even Jawan Howard or even, by the way, Jason Kidd, who they interviewed in that first grouping of, of interviews the first time around. They open up this this other uh, group of interviews. They interview J.B. Vickerstaff. I can't believe – I can't imagine why he was uninspiring. <laughs> uh, they, Ryan Hollins was apparently one of the guys that they were interested in, and, and it was just – it was just – uninspired choice after uninspired choice and it made Vogel look okay right which he is he's mm-hmm. fine he's he's okay uh it's just that the perception around the hire inspires apathy at best and then when you combine that with adding Jason Kidd to his roster that apathy turns to anger because mm-hmm. Kidd probably doesn't belong on an NBA sideline at this point you know he not just from a not just from a basketball standpoint he was a he, he left Milwaukee and they immediately like immediately yeah. became a title favorite a title contender an eastern yeah. conference title uh, favorite at the very least right that was like that was an immediate impact and all they added was Brooke Lopez like i don't know right. if you're a Brooke Lopez stan but you know unless you're <laughs> making Brooke Lopez your mvp of the league the difference there is is probably kid more than anything um, yeah. So, you know, that's not great. And then he's definitely not good enough from a basketball standpoint to get you to overlook his legal problems. Like, the, it's right. not even just allegations. It's it's convictions. It's it's pleading guilty to beating his wife. It's pleading guilty mm-hmm. to DUI. Um, and, and I haven't seen all that much contrition from him since on the subject. So... You know, I, I and, and trust me, I was looking for it. I wrote up the article for Silver Screen and Roll. Like I, I, I tried to find mm-hmm. spots where he would he was contrite and 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 apologized thoroughly for those for those mistakes. And and I wasn't able to find all that much. And so it just it, it gets you to a point now where the Lakers are incapable of just of just making a good hire. The good hire was Ty Lu. They had it right there in front of them. It was right there. Uh, <laughs> hell, Ty Lue was thinking about bringing on Vogel as his lead assistant, right? right. Like, that right. was the move. So so the only thing people, Lakers fans, who have just been paying attention to headlines at this point, like, imagine imagine not paying as close attention to this and you go from uh, Frank Vogel's the assistant coach. Oh, yeah, sweet. That's, that's a pretty good hire. I'll take it to Frank Vogel is now your head coach. Wait, what? What the heck? What? Yeah. What just happened? <laughs> right. You know, and 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 yeah, it's it's hard to feel confident about the direction of of this franchise, and we'll see what kind of explanations they offer up, um, and we'll see also, like this is kind of a moment, an important moment for the beat reporters covering this team because there are some legitimately tough questions that they have to ask uh, yeah. of the the leadership with the Lakers, and we'll see if they do. We'll see if they do, and we'll see what the answers to those questions are. Yeah. 
yeah i mean i i thought the the most like the grossest point of the whole thing was the report that came out that they were like they didn't want to hire kid because of the legal problems but they thought him as an assistant coach was acceptable yeah that, that was just icky That's also also guess who guess what happens if vogel doesn't work out Right, exactly. And, like, <laughs> Vogel has to go into this job expecting to get fired within, yeah. like, by the 20, what would it be, 2021 trade deadline? Like, yeah. over under, does he survive that? I think so, because there's there's incentive for them to keep him around, right? Like, they, yeah. the the front office at this point has taken so many L's. They're, they're basically Tyrion, right? Where, <laughs> right, right. where their, their next mistake is going to be their last, you know, to, yeah. to, to paraphrase from Danny. And, and I think that's where the front office here is with the, the Lakers fan base that by the way, was already out there protesting. Like, right. <laughs> say what you will, say what you will about the stupidity of a protest and whatever. Like that's a, that's a separate conversation altogether. But the fact is like, there is that kind of a sentiment out there. And if you listen mm-hmm. to all of the podcasts that went, that, that were recorded and released the, the night of, and then the day after the Tai Lu debacle, right. Nobody was happy about it. There's no positive <laughs> right. spin on the situation. So, yeah, if 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 Vogel winds up being in un you know not living up to even the minimal promise that he has right now, uh, and then Kid is his replacement after them distancing themselves even in this minor way from his legal pr- troubles, and then he's also a disaster. Then what? Then it, yeah. you know heads got heads probably should have rolled heading into this off season, but they didn't, and mm. and and now they made these calls. Jeannie Bus doubled down on on her uh, prioritizing close, closeness and proximity and trust over you know basketball acumen, <laughs> and, yeah, and, right. and and you know whatever happens next, and and the narrative that comes out of whatever happens next is is really all on Jeannie. Hey, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Want extra cash for vacation or to buy something you've always wanted? Transfer your auto loan to Pathways Financial Credit Union and we'll give you 1% cash back up to $1,000. And you can enjoy no payments for three months. Visit a convenient Central Ohio location and let us take care of your auto loan and provide extra cash. Check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval. Loan interest will continue to accrue during the first three months of no payments pathways is federally insured by the ncua yeah yeah well i would troll you more about the coaching stuff but i'm also afraid that if i do the, the bad karma is going to come my way and the sixers are going to fire brett brown and then you guys are going to be a total afterthought so i will i will call a ceasefire at that but i i do want to talk quickly about the lakers future yeah. because you know is it obviously a very big summer for them they get lebron last year they have max cap space now this year they know they can't have another season like they did last year. The draft lottery is tomorrow. They're projected the number 10 spot, I believe. Yeah, 10 or 11. Okay, yeah. Um, 
which is not an altogether great chance of moving up, but there there is the possibility. Like, if you want the frozen en- envelope truthers, <laughs> even though they're using ping pong balls now, someone you know, hey. if the Lakers win the lottery tomorrow, it's definitely rigged. I'll 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 free some ping pong balls. Yeah, right. I'll stand in there. I don't even think that would work. But yeah, sure. Go, go for it, I guess. But, but you know, this is obviously a big time, regardless of what happened to the draft, free agency. They're going to try to go after the big guys. I don't think it's altogether likely that they get. Like, it, it sounds like if Kevin Durant's leaving the Warriors, he's going to the Knicks, regardless of whether that's a good idea or not. Yes. Yeah. There's too much smoke around that. Kyrie Irving. Do you think that there's any smoke behind that? Like that, you know, there's talk of him rekindling his relationship with LeBron earlier this year. Would the Lakers mm. even be interested in him with Lonzo there if they took him or if they signed him? Would they dump Lonzo, or do you think this is all just like Laker conjecture because they have Max Cafes? Uh, I think I think all of those things can be true. The one thing that I do think is Kyrie and Lonzo could actually work well enough together. Lonzo would have mm. to be, you know, he would have to. He's going to have to improve on his shot no matter what, right? Yeah. Like at least be a willing shooter. Uh, he's a good enough defender to make up for Kyrie uh, and mm. and his shortcomings on the defensive side. So I think there are, there are ways that those guys can play together. Uh, I look for whatever reason, and you can. You can take this for for what it's worth and 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 take it with a whole heap of salt. But the Lakers seem to think they have a chance at Kawhi Leonard. Maybe they really? know they they maybe they know something that we don't. And and you know maybe Marcus Saul's magical hug will will change that at the end of the day. <laughs> but but as of right now, I think you know they seem to think that they have a chance at it. And you know if if that happens, cool. You know it. Part of me, even as a Laker fan, would be kind of annoyed if, after all of this bull crap, they are still awarded Kawhi Leonard. Like, yeah. then, then, like, what's to stop anybody from being nihilistic, right? What's right. to stop everybody to say, like, okay, so they can, they can literally, like, instead of putting one foot in the other, they've been shooting one foot in front of the other, you know? <laughs> right. like they, can, right. they can make every wrong decision that you can imagine, and, and it can still yield positive results. That would be really frustrating for me as, as a fan of another team or as an executive of another team. Um, and I'll still laugh my ass off if it does. Right, of course. Yeah. Uh, but but you know they seem to think that they have a chance at Kawhi, and then, you know I think they I think I forget who it was who put out betting odds on on Jimmy Butler's future. Yeah. The Lakers are eight to one, on on that. I think there's value there to be gained if you wanna if you wanna make a couple bucks on on Jimmy Butler's decision. So you know maybe maybe this stuff turns out okay, but but as of right now. You know, I it's just it's hard for me objectively to to say, you know, if I was advising a, a superstar, yeah, go to the Lakers. That that makes sense. Like that doesn't <laughs> there's there's no there's really no other reason beyond LeBron and and the Lakers seem insistent on pissing off LeBron. So right. like what's the what's the what's the incentive to go to the Lakers and, and it's really hard to find it, it's really hard to explain it, it's really hard to objectively look at the situation and say, Oh yeah, they have a chance. It, it I don't really see it. It is a supporting role in Space Jam 2, like the number two billing next to LeBron. And then you get like a $5 million salary for that. Well, right. Like that's the, that's the the way that they're going to circumvent the, uh, (laughs) the salary cap. Like LeBron's like, I will pay you $50 million to be in this film. (laughs) 
right? There's no way this movie is going to make its money back, but at least the Lakers are going to be good, and whatever. I'll take the L. Just come join me. Save me from my decision, please. You know you know uh, how, like, at the, at, the, at the beginning, the opening credits, it's like, you know, LeBron James is in this, and then actor X and actor Y and actor Z, and then at the end of it, it's like, and so-and-so, right? Yeah, and yeah. That's usually reserved to like the oldest actor there, the most prestigious actor there. Like LeBron's like, I will make you the and actor. <laughs> I will pay you fifty million dollars. We will circle and highlight your name in the and part. We will give you the 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 monologue of a lifetime. We will win you an Oscar. Just please come save me from this. Do you think Boban's gonna get that treatment for John Wick three? <laughs> <laughs> I need it. I need it I really, to happen. Like the really five people so. in each theater who know who Boban is are gonna lose oh, their minds if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was showing my my friends uh, are all my wife is a doctor, so all of her friends here are doctors as well. And so like one of them is a Philly fan. They they've been coming over for the games, and he had no idea Boban was in John Wick three. So oh, as man. we are as we are getting our brains beat in yesterday. I at least got to show him that trailer and got him revived some little <laughs> bit of hope in his otherwise broken soul, which was nice. Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to that. The, the other thing I need to ask about, and I, I hate that I even have to ask it because it is so dumb, but it's been popping up repeatedly lately, is this whole idea of the Lakers trading LeBron James. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the one the one idea today, I think it was, was it Chris Broussard who said uh, LeBron for Ben Simmons? Oh no, that was Tom Haverstrow, right? Yeah, he. So in his article, I just finished writing about it for Silver Screen, and so basically for for the Silver Screen website, not for like a, a Silver Screen production, but right. But, um, but for basically one rival executive of the of the 76ers, so like an executive from Boston or an executive from Toronto, like some you know New York, whatever it is. Hundred uh, percent, Danny Ainge. Yeah, one of one of the executives that he was talking to said like, "Oh yeah, sure, that could maybe happen, right? Like it <laughs> right. could potential." So it wasn't even like it wasn't even reporting that it's even out there. It was just relaying an executive saying that it could possibly happen. And even you know, to his credit, Haberstrow made that clear in the article too, saying, mm-hmm. "You know, this is not out there yet. This is purely conjecture. This is nothing. This is as of right now, it's just an option." Uh, I just don't see a fit there because, you know, you know the cap situation as well as I do. They, yeah. It'd be really hard. They would have to renounce Tobias Harris. They'd have to renounce Jimmy Butler. They'd have to renounce J.J. Redick. Uh, and it would have to be Ben Simmons and very little else uh, so as to fit LeBron into that cap space that would be that would happen if you uh, renounced all those guys. Um, and, and I don't know. Yes, LeBron and, and Embiid are a really good tandem but you know i don't know if that's the way philly really wants to to build and then the other thing here too is all right so let's say you try to do a sign and trade i don't really know how that functions in in the modern cba it's it's Mm -hmm. it's a lot more complicated than it used to be when you could like pull joe blow ex nba player off the streets (laughs) and sign and trade them to fill in the cap sheet uh so it's not it so I don't I don't really see the fit there. Just in general though, uh the way I would explain this idea of trading LeBron, you you alluded to the Rambuses or or I like calling them the Rambi. It just it yeah. I don't know what it is. It just makes me laugh. But uh so the Rambi benefit from chaos in the Lakers organization. 
the more mm-hmm. it's it's the little finger chaos is a ladder speech all over again but like <laughs> but with rambus kurt rambus explaining it in like the dumbest possible way <laughs> um, and so like the if lebron gets moved that's even uh, that's an even larger power vacuum than is already there right magic johnson steps away there's a huge power vacuum that's there that linda kind of stepped into and is now seen as a shadow owner if LeBron yeah. is gone and his camp is gone and Rich Paul is gone, then that is even more potential power that the Rambi can slip into, right? And mm-hmm. and so, you know, when Stephen A. said, you know, a, a couple days ago that there are people whispering in Jeannie Buss's ear to consider trading LeBron, I, I'm willing to bet my house on it being the Rambuses or the Rambi because they benefit mm-hmm. directly from that and and the chaos by the way that is generated from that rumor getting out there so anything that seems to throw the lakers into further turmoil i think you can kind of chart back to to linda and that's not by the way to to completely take uh blame away from Jeannie bus like she empowered all these people she is responsible for the situation in that result in, in that regard but you know at the end of the day you got to you got to trace back to the the problems to the foundational problem and and that seems to be where it is. Yeah. So you, do you think there's any chance they actually consider trading him or is this just should this be a non-starter? It should be a non-starter. I I would put the chances at like 5%. I would be, you know, mm-hmm. I would be shocked. I don't know what that what that it, does that make it like a 200 to 1 chance, I think, or something like that or Sounds right. Either yeah. 200 or 2000 21 20 to 1 maybe yeah well like you win 20 yeah so i think it would oh be, yeah but anywho but they i i would be shocked honestly if if they traded him and it's and it's not from the standpoint of like you know it's it would be dumb basketball wise but i don't think the lakers as a brand could could live through that i don't know if yeah I, for one thing i know that this front office isn't equipped enough to rebuild the lakers from the ground the way that they would if they had to if they moved lebron but also mm-hmm. Like just as a brand, this would be the absolute low point in in franchise history, and right. I think I, I have to hope that they know that. And no, you know, if they know that, then they don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Morton and I have gotten into this debate a lot during the year, like way before these rumors ever popped up, and that's what you know he was saying from a basketball sense. You could at least make the argument if you don't get a star free agent, LeBron's only getting older. Mm-hmm. You could make an argument that it makes sense basketball wise, but I always kept coming back to like. There is such a PR hit here, yeah. and the Lakers, more than most teams, are concerned with that. Yeah, that you, there's just no way you're like you'll burn like clutch will burn you down to the ground. Yeah, well, also, like, what do the Lakers have to point to? Like, what positive thing do the Lakers have to point to beyond their brand? Yeah, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> it's like nothing. They don't. They have nothing going for them outside of their brand. And if you trade LeBron, that's a major hit to your brand, and thus they cannot risk trading LeBron because that would be risking the only thing that they have going for them. Right. So before we wrap up here, what do you think is like the realistic best case scenario for the Lakers this summer? Like obviously. They win the number one pick tomorrow, get Zion, mm-hmm. land KD or Kawhi. That's the dream scenario. But, like, if you're looking back, you know, August 1st, what would you say is a successful offseason for them? Well, I would still say the the bar has to remain pretty high, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so the, here's how I'll frame it. When Magic Johnson stepped down, 
they had I, I know this for a fact they had some of the league's top executives doing their back channel doing their homework to see what was going on there dipping their toe in the water to see what direction they might go in because all this stuff said all this stupidity aside the lakers were an intriguing option if you were a bob myers if you were a, a masai ujiri if you were a sam presti right they have mm-hmm. the, they have lebron they have a young core. They have a ton of cap space. They have all of the at least theoretical revenue that they have to work with, right? Uh, though that has come into question as of late. But there was <laughs> there were reasons to like to, to point at that and say, okay, yeah, that's that's a that's a good destination. That's that's the promotion of all promotions has become PBO of the Lakers. Uh, once they passed up on that opportunity, they lifted expectations on Rob Palenka to live up to the promise that Bob Myers, that Sam Presti, that Musayo Ujiri would have brought with them. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of sort of has to be Kawhi. They they aren't even in the running, I don't think, for, for Kevin Durant. I would honestly be surprised yeah. if they got a meeting with KD. Um, mm-hmm. But they, you know, if let's say KD leaves and and Clay is is seen on the outs, in mm-hmm. in Golden State, you know, there's some thinking be- because of Clay's dad that that maybe the Lakers are in play there. Though even there, like Michael Thompson has gone out of his way a couple times now to distance the Lakers from Clay Thompson, so that's been kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I would say it kind of sort of has to be a top level ex- uh, a top level free agent. Uh, if and if not that, then you have to open up trade talks again with with. New Orleans for Anthony Davis. Uh, mm-hmm. You you have to live up to the promise that would have come with Bob Myers or Sam Presti or Musayo Ujiri. And if they don't, and they don't fulfill that opportunity cost, again, heads should roll. Yeah. Well, for your sake and for my sake, I, I hope you do get Kawhi, just because, again, <laughs> I want him the hell out of the Eastern Conference. I, I mean, I also, like, I genuinely like LeBron. It would make me sad if the twilight of his career yeah, you know, all this goes nonsense. into, like, yeah, like 500 purgatory. So yeah. uh, as much as I'll troll you on Twitter, I do wish you the best of luck this summer. Uh, one more time, let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find your work. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. Uh, you can follow at Locked on Lakers. That's the show's thing on there as well. You can read my stuff at Silver Screen and Roll. It's, it's in a dark place. I think only a couple articles, <laughs> one of my articles ended with bad stuff happens and then we die. So... <laughs> <laughs> We're in a great place, man. <laughs> I, I I can sympathize for the last 24 hours. I, I know exactly. I, yeah. I went to a meeting today. I'm like, basketball is dumb and I hate it. Why are we covering this sport? So, <laughs> yeah, welcome. Or I guess I, you should be welcoming me to the yeah. bad place. I am. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, Any, it, it, come on. Come on in. The water is somewhat fine. It's a little sad. You know, it's like lukewarm yeah. water. It's like that spa that's like murky and stuff. That's where we all are. Yeah, I, I hope not to stay too long, roughly like 1.5 months, but we'll, we'll see. It's going to be a, a crazy summer for the both of us. So please follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews, and we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined today by Anthony Irwin. Everyone be nice to him on Twitter. The Lakers have put him through enough. (laughs) Thanks, man. Thank you. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... 
Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Are you tired of not earning anything on your hard-earned money? Your path to more money starts with a certificate from Pathways Financial Credit Union. Right now, earn a 2.68% annual percentage yield on a 60-month certificate with a minimum balance of just $500. Great rates like this have helped make Pathways the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Earn more on your money. Stop by any convenient location or check it out at PathwaysCU.com. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA.